Hi, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Future Tech podcast series. It's me, Charlie Sell, the Group MD Ferraris Group, where we're now into our third series where I'm interviewing tech leaders, thought leaders in both the UK and the Netherlands, asking them a bit about their story, thoughts on emerging technology and stuff that's happening right now, and also that career advice to our STEM listeners. So really pleased to have Henrik uh, Borigo with me today. Henrik is the CTO at Prime Phonic. Uh, Prime Phonic is one of the fastest growing uh, classical music streaming platforms. Um, think Spotify for classical music and, and that's the, the area that Prime Phonic are going for and really really exciting in the sort of technology they're using. So I'm sure we're going to hear quite a bit of stuff about the work that they're doing as well as uh, Henrik's thoughts. So Henrik, welcome to the show. Thanks. Thanks for having me, Charlie. Happy, uh, very happy to be here. Yeah, great. And we were saying, it's your—is it your first day back in the office, or? Um... No, actually, uh, our office is uh, officially closed. Um, so we have an office here in uh, in Amsterdam uh, for about about 45, 50 people. Yeah. So uh, I'm the only the only person here right now. So I just ah. came in here to uh, for some uh, some quiet space, quiet time. Yeah. Fantastic. And. Well, I guess hopefully we were talking that life is going to get back to normal eventually. But um, until then, the world of technology is sort of leading the way, isn't it? And uh, as always, it'll be great to find out a bit about your story. Sure. Uh, let's see. Um, my story with regard to technology. Well, I think um, I think I share quite a bit of a, um, a similar story to a lot of tech people. I started uh, started learning about technology when I was uh, was uh, was a kid uh, in my in my teen teens uh, so that's where the the passion came from you know I started basically buying books uh, reading stuff online uh, uh, at the, the early beginnings of online so this was uh, late 1990s beginning of 2000s uh, so that led me to uh, to decide my um, uh, my career path so I studied software engineering um, in in Argentina I'm originally from Brazil uh, but I was living in Argentina at the time. I lived about about 16, 17 years there. Uh, so I studied software engineering there. It's a five-year uh, five-year course there, quite quite full-time, quite intensive. Uh, and then I started basically uh, to build up my career, you know, in, uh, as a developer, uh, tech lead, that sort of stuff. That led me to about five years ago to uh, to to move to the Netherlands, which is where I'm currently at. Um, I moved to the Netherlands to join a very very early stage startup uh, uh, called Picnic, which is an online supermarket. It's a bit like a, a kind of a Dutch very nowadays very popular scale up, but at the time very very small, very little. So I stayed with them for uh, for almost four years. I think three and a half years. Uh, in about two and a half years, I I joined Prime Phonic, which is my uh, where I currently work. So, like you said, uh, we're a, a classical music streaming company. So we're, we we focus exclusively on uh, on classical music. Um, that's our, our goal is kind of to bring the 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 recordings, all of the world's recordings, actually to to the streaming platform. Right. So that's in, in high res and also a, a catalog that's uh, that's completely um, dedicated to classical music. So right now we have about just over 4 million songs in the platform, about 200,000 albums. Uh, so that's, that's something that uh, we're very proud of. 
uh, took a lot of a lot of manual work, a lot of tech also involved to get this uh, to the level it's at. Um, that's basically my career. I think I've been uh, I've been in the industry for about I don't even know 10, 15 years, give or take. Yeah, yeah, fantastic, and that's really interesting to know that. Um, you, you've you've seen the journey already once time over with Picnic because obviously you said you joined them as a startup and now they're you know I'd almost call them into enterprise level you know their, their growth has been pretty phenomenal so what was the journey like there when you first joined a, a real startup and, and that, that growth over the three and a half years? Sure so I think yeah indeed right now they were one of the uh, uh, one of the lucky companies to, to actually benefit from Covid right during the, the groceries industry which uh, yeah, they saw an exponential boom um, together with, with the other supermarkets. But if, you, uh, if we go back in, I think this was 2015 when I first, uh, when I first joined them, I think it was a very, very small startup. Um, you know, it was, how small was it? It was, uh, well, it was pre-launch. So that means the, the name Picnic hadn't even been invented yet. Uh, they, they really didn't know what the, what the, uh, what the product was going to be called. So in the very, very kind of uh, early stages, um, I was one of the first tech hires, which was also um, also nice to see, uh, very cool to see the, the the company grow in such a way, right? Not not only the engineering side, but just the company as a whole, right? To see uh, the different departments kind of being created, you know, first it's just uh, 10, 20 people doing whatever they can. And then suddenly there's a, there's a HR department, there's engineering um different teams within engineering so that was also quite a journey i think to see the the needs of the engineering team kind of evolve over time right i mean it's, it's one thing to build an mvp with 10 15 engineers uh then it's it's completely different once you launch it and you find out that well you actually have users depending on that product then your engineering team goes to 20 30 50 80 100 uh and it's it's uh, i think as yeah, just like any startup, you're always kind of playing catch up, right? You're always um, you're always late somehow, right? You always need to be evolving. So I think that was quite a uh, quite a learning curve to see also, you know, the need to 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 formalize things at the engineering side, of course, right? To make things a bit more uh, stable, not so much of a kind of a wild west, right? When you start a when you start a company, you're building a product, you're, you're kind of doing a bunch of things. The needs also evolve over time. So I think that was quite an experience. I would recommend anybody who wants to get kind of a 10 years of learning condensed into a couple of years um, to try to find these uh, early stage startups. Uh, and if you're lucky, they might succeed, right? And if you're not lucky, you also learn a lot, right? Right, and that's and that's such a positive attitude on it, isn't it? The the you know you learn more by your mistakes as much as your successes. I always think, especially in technology, because it's continuous learning. It evolves so quickly. I don't really think there's a bad a bad experience when you're embracing tech. No, no I also don't think so. I think we're um, being in the tech industry. We're also lucky that uh, uh, the demand for for engineering has been high. Right. Yeah. So I think we. That means I think we can also take, well, we can be a little bit more risk takers, right? And just, yeah, if you join a company and it doesn't work out, it's, it's not the end of the world. Right? Yeah. I think we've seen this, this hiring boom in tech for probably the past decade or a couple of decades. So I'm not sure it's going to last forever, but, uh, <laughs> well, but uh, it seems to be going strong. 
that's it. I think I think with the rise of AI and, and machine learning, people talk about how much can be automated and, and where how yeah. does the jobs, you know, the landscape change. And and I guess, you know, because now you've joined another startup and, and yeah, that those stats um are phenomenal. So you're you're obviously doing something right in how many songs you're being able to build on the platform. And I can imagine the capacity must be huge. And that's that probably got to be one of your biggest challenges or, or goals, I guess, of how you can hold so much um, while creating the best service. What's mm. what's your thoughts on emerging tech? What what excites you when you're looking at, you know, the roadmap for uh, Prime Phonic? At Prime Phonic, well, I think, it, yeah, like you said, I think AI, it's, it seems to be the topic uh, of the moment, right? Um, or at least for the past few years. I think the it's hard to predict what the future is uh, is going to look like, right? Um, I, I wish I could. Um, so I think if you look back, it seems like every year there's kind of the, the new sort of hype, right? Uh, there's there's AI. We're going through the AI. I wouldn't say we're going through the AI boom right now. I'd say we're we're kind of past that that excitement boom. I think we're 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 at a moment now where where the the promises need to start kind of delivering. Yeah. Um, right, I think that go back a couple of years, there were a lot of promises being made about AI is going to change the world, right? And then as it turns out, well, AI is being used, at least at the consumer side, for not so much like revolutionary things, right? It's, we see cool things, but I think um, not so much life-changing applications so far, right? So I think if you, uh, if I look into what excites me when it comes to AI, uh, what I would hope uh, AI brings is actually you know, better quality for uh, for people. Right? So I can imagine, uh, you know, AI being applied to, for example, uh, you know, in the field of medicine or a diagnosis, right? Um, so if you look look at the, I think there's already quite, uh, been some studies about how, you know, um, based on your Google searches, right? Uh, if you show a certain trend, a certain pattern, you can sort of those can be like early symptoms for a detection of uh, some diagnosis, right? If uh, not to get too much into like a, uh, a black mirror uh, episode, but I can imagine, you know, the technology is sort of already there to kind of uh, live in a world where, uh, you know, maybe you wake up, um, you, you go to the bathroom, you know, you, you're brushing your teeth and then the, the, the you know, your combination of smart toothbrush plus the mirror notices that you, know, you have baggy eyes. Now, there's a trend of, uh, you know, uh, you've had baggy eyes for the past two weeks and, uh, you know, uh, you seem to be, uh, to be uh, uh, replying to emails at very late hours of the night. So there's like a consistency, there's a trend showing maybe a possible breakdown, right? Yeah. Those kind of things. Uh, I think that would be cool to actually, uh, to actually build AI in things that kind of kind of predict what's what right now depends on us, right? I think yeah. that uh, if I, if a lot of, a lot has been done also in the field of AI in medicine, but when it comes to a diagnosis, it's still sort of it depends on you feeling that something's off and going to the doctor, right? And maybe uh, that maybe that's too late, or maybe uh, you don't even, don't even know. So maybe to have, and I think we're seeing the first signs of that, right? With uh, with I think that. The first start is kind of the activity trackers, where you see, well, it's still very early stages, right? You see a very basic monitoring happening. Uh, but I think if I look at the where would AI 
have like a really useful case and that's that's actually meaningful to society and not just you know, snapchat filters or a deep fake where you can talk like uh, uh elton john or john travolta <laughs> right which is cool right but it's uh that's what i hope kind of the technology goes uh, moves uh, towards yeah yeah and and well i think that's really really poignant because it, it is right there is there is so many good aspects that we can get out of technology and, and the health tech industry and, and using it um to, to be able to spot signs and dementia and other things that no. that you know are, are ever prevalent I, I couldn't agree with you more and so yeah and i think when, oh yeah sorry no just one final comment i think mean, unfortunately i think uh, also ai has taken a little bit of a uh, at least in the mainstream kind of a negative connotation right with because of companies uh you know, companies like facebook and stuff that have been a lot in the, in the news nowadays you know ai is now being being thought of as you know companies kind of uh using excessive tracking mechanisms and you know, you're being monitoring for a bunch of different purposes which seem to benefit the companies but not the individual uh, which is a little bit unfortunate, right? Because you can that that same technology can be used to benefit um, individuals as well. Uh, uh, so I hope I hope in the next couple of years AI actually sees kind of a more positive uh, uh, use cases. Yeah, uh, yeah, and that is a fair balance, definitely. And so when you're looking at the the tech stack of your business of of Prime Phonic, what what a what's the tech stack and, and b when you're thinking about graduates and, and the skills that you look for for them how would that relate yeah so i think our tech stack we're 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 quite a young company i think uh, the first line of code of the current platform was probably written about three years ago uh, so still quite young quite fresh so i think in that sense we're lucky to have uh, a, a very well, a very fresh tech stack that's that's very attractive to uh, uh, to young uh, candidates, right? It's it's based, of course, it's everything's based on the cloud from the from the start. Um, we use a lot of AWS, Amazon AWS solutions, uh, from servers to databases to containers. Um, on the programming side, it's mostly Node.js, JavaScript, uh, TypeScript. On the uh, on the product side, and then on the data science engineering side, it's mostly Python. Um, we also use some AI, uh, of course, to, to build things like automated recommendations, personalized recommendations. We're using TensorFlow uh, and a couple of other, other packages. Uh, so I think that's tied to the fact that it is a streaming company, right? So uh, with the, the streaming product itself is very, very technically challenging, right? I think that, that means our, our attractiveness towards candidates is also quite high. Right, uh, it's 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 a cool industry, cool technologies. Uh, we have scaling uh, challenges, so those are all things that kind of uh, uh, resonate, I think, with the with the with the engineering crowd. Yeah, and so on that, with, with it being um, you know a very fresh and as you said, an exciting tech stack. Do you look for? Oh, and have you? Um, you know, there's a whole lot of this about polyglot engineers. So a lot of the graduates now who are studying, you know, in my day you were told to study what, you know, become a master of one language and, and make that your trade. And, and nowadays you, you know, you get quite conflicting views where either people are saying, no, you need to, you need to understand multiple languages and, and make sure you're a polyglot engineer versus still there's a, you know, some people say, no, I want the best of the best of a specific language. 
where, where do you sit in that when you're thinking about you know future graduates and coming in mm. should they be specialists or generalists sure so i think um my take is that languages come and go uh there are some programming languages that of course have stayed around you know i, I think in, i'm thinking of java has been around since the 90s and it's still quite used there's of course the the, the C, C++, which are still used in one specific niche. So I think there's definitely value in becoming, call it a, a master of those languages, um, if you want to grow your career in that path, right? And I, I think there's some technologies that actually require you to really know the language, right? If you go into embedded devices, uh, you go into uh, real-time applications, you really need to know that stuff, right? But I think for, for most of the products that are coming out of startups these days, uh, it, I think the, the needs are more on the generalist side, right? It's not really about, take our case, for example, right? Um, if you're the best uh, JavaScript or TypeScript developer in, you know, in the world, you probably wouldn't be a good fit for us because, you know, we also require you to be good at you know, 20 other different technologies, right? And it's everything from, well, from infrastructure, right? Because we're also bridging the gap between uh, the traditional infrastructure, DevOps, and, and and the developer. So you need to know how to deploy, how to monitor. Uh, you need to know how to debug. You know, you, at the end of the day, uh, you're using maybe you know five, seven, ten different technologies, right? You're using containers, um, so you need to understand how they all uh, tie together, right? Um, so I think in our case, we look for people that have a good a good solid foundation, right? Um, that actually understand understand the principles of uh, of engineering, and we also recognize that you know maybe, especially in the kind of the JavaScript world, it's very trendy, right? So maybe today you are a React expert, two years from now React is seen as the you know the horrible framework which nobody wants to know, and it's happened before. Right? It's happened with. Uh, I don't even remember uh, yeah, before React, but um, uh, there's Ember, there was, uh, anyways, technology is come and go. Uh, so I think you have a better shot of, uh, of being more on the general side. Yeah, yeah. And again, I, I think I, I totally agree with you when you are looking at embedded industry, um, platforms or, or products even and, and way real time, totally. But that, that polygon engineering, it, it just seems to be so prevalent with the, with the new skills. And so leading on then to the last part of the podcast, where it's the career advice to our graduates and, and a lot of the listeners. And, you know, the one thing I can, you know, happily tell you, but also a lot of people listening confirm this is the startup world, the scale up world. It's, it's, it's probably the most exciting stages of a tech business when you really are wanting to learn, like you said earlier, you probably get 10 years worth of education in three when you're going through so much change. But I guess you might also have to be A, a certain type of person and B, companies look for certain types of people. So, so can you give advice for those grads who are wanting to enter the, the tech world and join a startup or a scale up? What's, what's the one or two pieces of advice you'd give them to really help them stand out? Mm -hmm. Sure. So, um, I think I agree with you that the, the startup, I, I would recommend actually people to, uh, to join startups, right? Um, but I think it also needs to be aligned with what you want from your career, right? 
know, if you want, uh, there are benefits to joining, you know, bigger companies, more corporate. Um, I would say if you're young uh, and you're trading, you know, you're basically trading time for money. I would say don't trade time for money, but you know, trade time for knowledge. And I think the best way to get knowledge is uh, joining a startup, right? Where things happen way more dynamically than than a corporate. Um, but also be aware that uh, you know. I think you, you also need to ask yourself, you know, it's at, at what point does it does this continue to make sense, right? Because uh, it does require it does take a lot of effort to kind of be you're always on the edge when right, in startups. Um, so I think another piece of advice would also be especially for young graduates, they will be they would be contacted by recruiters on a weekly or daily basis, right? And they will be offered more money, right? Because that, that's how the industry goes. And I think what I see happening is at least with uh, the past few years, a lot of a lot of graduates, they they they're looking for that next, you know, the next uh, uh, financial gain, but we without really thinking about the long term, right? So they may find themselves maybe you know ten years, fifteen years into their career, they've kind of reached that ceiling where you know, they're making a lot of money, but uh, but then they haven't really gotten or acquired the level of expertise and knowledge that you would expect from a person with 10 or 15 years experience, right? Um, I say, be aware of that. Uh, you know, no, I think that sometimes you also need to sacrifice the short-term gains for the, uh, the long-term gains, right? Because I, I think it is an industry, unfortunately, that it, it still suffers from, from ageism, right? Uh, you're 40 years old, some companies see that as, uh, as as a negative, especially in the startup world, right? I think companies even brag about oh, our, you know, our, our average age is uh, 22, right? Um, I myself am 35. I'm probably one of the oldest oldest people uh, in my company, right? So you, you need to be uh, you need to be aware of that 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 is an industry where this thing happens. So um, yeah, so try to build your or try to build your career around what you want, right? If you want to be a tech lead or you want to be a, an expert in a certain technology, or you want to maybe be, you know, the the main contributor of an open source uh, pro, um, project, you know, make decisions that also will get you there in the long run. Right? Don't don't just chase the extra the extra bucks that you will get. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I think both of those points are, are just really, really valid. I mean, I'm, if you don't mind, I'm going to steal your phrase, uh, time for knowledge, not money, because I, 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 I think that is so important, you know, in your, if you are young and you don't have dependents and you, the mortgage isn't keeping you up at night, you know, there is nothing more rewarding than actually learning and, and building that knowledge base um, that, that will set you up for not just the next five years, but as you say, the next 20, 30 years. Um, and this is the time to do it now, isn't it? The learning curve should be the steepest at your, your younger age and, and not to over-accelerate in your career based on a paycheck where you may be um, exposed, I guess is the right word, at, at a later point because people who have learned the skills are going to be yeah. much, much more employable or, or more resistant to change, I guess, later down the line. So... Now, I think that's a brilliant phrase. If you don't mind, Enrique, that's going to be uh, one of my taglines, I think. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Well, look, thank you. That that has been brilliant. I think that's a great way to um, 
you know, to wrap up this podcast where where we can talk, you know, where we've talked about um, how, you know, being a polygot or or being a generalist, for, especially for the startup uh, scale up world um, is, is a real advantage. Yet we've acknowledged that, you know, that's only if that's where you want your career to go. And, and it may not be a career for everyone. And, and joining big tech and joining uh, larger businesses also has its advantages if that's right for you. But but where we've been focusing on for, for this podcast is is around that place where where it's exciting and you're on the edge and and you know graduates entering that market, you know, you should enjoy the buzz. And and working with people like Henrik, who, you know, 35, you're younger than me, a lot younger than me, and got to a CTO level already, you know, that's that's impressive. But I, I take it you've done that the right way through the 15 years of of going through the stages. And, and that's a great path to follow. So I think to everyone listening, that's another episode and a, and a massive thank you to Henry. Thank you. Thanks. Uh, thanks again, Charlie. Really enjoyed it. Great. And to everyone listening, um, yes, that's another episode of our Future Tech podcast. It's being streamed, oh, streamed. Actually, it's not. It's being on the landing page of um, our 16 universities we're partnered with on the careers portal along with on our Facebook, uh, Instagram, LinkedIn, um, and Spotify channels. So um, please log on, please have a look, please have a read and a listen. And to everyone, that's another episode of the podcast. Thank you.